0: Hey y'all, and thank you for listening to and supporting Sweet Tea and TV. We've wrapped up Season 4 and we're headed into Season 5, but before we get there, we wanted to do a quick flashback of some of our favorite Sweet Tea and TV episodes of all time.
1: So, for the month of September, you'll get a re-air every week, as usual, Mondays will be a main episode, and Thursday, you'll get an extra sugar.
0: These are episodes we love so much, so we hope you'll enjoy revisiting them, or if you're new around here, getting a sense for the best of Sweet Tea and TV.
1: We'll be back in October with brand new season 5 episodes. Enjoy. Hey, Selena. Hey everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't note to myself to come back and say, "Hey, everyone." <laughs> oh, well, hey, Nikki. So I'm starting this episode because I have an update from episode 20.
1: Oh. I
0: never have updates. I'm very excited. I'm not as good as coming back and circling back on the things, um, but I really felt like people might have been screaming in their cars last time when, um, in my un. Unknown references or whatever it is we call it at the end of the show. I said I tried to look up like the costumed fleas at Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. That was something that Charlene um, referenced when the ladies were talking about rich people's penchant for paying people to decorate their dollhouses.
1: Oh, right, right. She went
0: into like these fleas that are dressed like a husband and wife. I was like, I, I have no idea. I don't know. My notes just said I tried looking into it. I couldn't find it. I asked you if you saw it. You said you didn't see it. So. I'm embarrassed because I got to thinking about it again after we finished recording. And I was like, I really don't believe this was made up for the show. Like, this had to have been a real thing. So I decided to try just one more time. I clicked around twice maybe, and I found it.
1: Oh, It was a real
0: thing. Mott's Miniatures Museum was a fixture at Knott's Berry Farm for 34 years. And it included exactly what Charlene said, fleas dress like a bride and groom.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: You probably have a lot of questions. I still have a lot of questions. I mean and I, I do it see again. It. So I can show you the picture. um, but most interestingly, that's like one of their Something least for social yeah, 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 we can sh- and I'm gonna put it in the show notes too. That's actually one of their least marketed offerings. They also had works of art painted on pin heads. like oh. um not hairpins, but like push pins almost, or like uh those pins used to pin clothes together. I'm not describing it well, but they're like painted on the head of it. It's a very small little painting.
1: Yeah, wow.
0: They're tiny. Um, they like had the
1: constitution on a piece of rice.
0: There, you... same same concept. Okay. Yep. Um, and they have a miniature modern home with a working TV. And I'm not saying like dollhouse size home, like much smaller. Um, so the Miniatures Museum lost its lease at Knott's Berry Farm in
1: 1992. What? <laughs> and like taking up too much space. Like. The... <laughs> get out of here (laughs) like this is
0: not water under the bridge they still have a facebook page um and there was a caption in like one of the pictures that said this was after we were kicked out of knott's berry farm like every, it's written very aggressively
1: oh this is crazy so
0: maybe there was some drama there anyway they reopened they were kicked out in 90 what i say 92 reopened in 96 in buena vista california and closed again in 98 due to low attendance so again like more aggression from the owners on this one um like there were a couple news articles that were one in particular that i found an la times article where they interviewed the owner who was like a third generation mott's family member and he was like I don't understand we have to you know that people have to pay to get into the museum and they used to get in for free when they were part of Knott's Berry Farm it was just included as part of your ticket price mm. now the ticket price was like four dollars I think and people were balking at that admission price because they were like I always used to get him free and he's like how could you expect anything this glorious to be free and you know we have to charge a cover so again like low-key aggression but how
1: are they viewing it under like a magnifying glass
0: that's a good question.
1: I have a lot of questions. I don't think
0: it's that tiny. So let me tell you, um, I'll put the pictures in our show notes and I'll also send them to you just so you can peruse in your own time. Mm-hmm. Um the fleas are like in a peanut shell. So it's a peanut oh. shell that's like a I Is think that it's kind of a
1: beds? No. no it's, that'd be huge.
0: It's a um yeah, that would be huge. It there's a little model of I think a Mexican um chapel mm-hmm. and then the fleas are dressed up like a bride and a groom. Uh, you actually have to go. So I found all of the items were sold at auction after they closed the second opening of the museum. They were all sold at auction. But fortunately, someone took a ton of pictures of things. But I actually had to go somewhere else to find a picture of the fleas. So there'll be two separate links. Um, you just can't make this stuff up. You the really things can't.
1: that Our Google histories are
0: wild. Terrifying. It's really scary. Um, so I'm going to also link those two LA Times. <laughs> an LA Times article on the reopening and an LA Times article on the reclosing. Oh. So I will link both of those. But so it was a real thing.
1: Yeah. I wonder if my dad remembers. Dad, Brightest. text me. Yeah. Just, te- just text me. Just everybody text me. You can reach <laughs> me at five. <555. laughs>
0: so I wanted to circle back on that because I thought that is such an obscure like thing to make up if it weren't real.
1: Yeah, there's no way.
0: It just yeah. really bothered me. So I had to circle back on that. Is there anything else that you want to say? <laughs> Say about that or ask about that.
1: Not till I see it.
0: Okay. okay. We may have to come
1: back. Well, and talk we might about come back to this in episode time. 22. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Well, um, thank you for your diligence. You're welcome. Um, and maybe maybe between now and whenever we talk about it again, I'll, um, I'll ask my dad what he knows about these fleas. I just want to say one last thing. Sure. Anything that's tiny has my interest. Really? I don't know if it's because I'm small. Oh, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. See, maybe you
0: wouldn't need like a... Magnifying glass to oh, see it. It's
1: like the ger- is it gerbils or it's some sort of mouse or something? You know, they make like the tiny burritos for them, and they set like what? The videos of the little burritos that they roll up for them. And the,
0: the... No clue what you're talking about.
1: Okay, well we've got some. Uh, you've got
0: some... we got some learning to do over on this side. I'm going to show Selena some pictures. She's going to show me some YouTube
1: videos. Yeah, Nikki and I are about to go on summer vacation. <laughs> summer vacation for us is well, for Nikki it's raising children. <laughs> And working a full-time job and for me it's we're working a full-time job and like cleaning the house but whatever we're just you know but we're gonna go on summer vacation after this we're
0: gonna take a break so. when we finish these next two episodes
1: yeah so we're gonna catch up on the fleas yep. i'm gonna show you the tiny mice with the burritos that i cannot believe that you haven't seen um and basically what we're trying to say is anything that's tiny is cute Except the fleece. I'm not I'm not going with cute. But let's talk about things that are
0: big. And grand. This, grand. That's a nice transition. That was a good one. I'm
1: learning from the master across the table <laughs> for me. You
0: know. This one is grand. Yeah. This one is Grand Slam. Thank you, ma'am.
1: Ooh. Who, Makes me want pancakes.
0: Oh, I hop Grand Slam. Yeah. There could be
1: a double entendre in there, but really, yeah, I just That's want fine. pancakes. You've
0: only gotten the pancakes. Yeah. I get that. Uh, so the Hulu episode description: When Suzanne's ex-husband, pro baseball player Jack Dent, writes his autobiography detailing his off-the-field activities, she decides to get even and play a little hardball herself. Air date May fourth, nineteen eighty-seven.
1: Jack Dent sounds like like a spy novel maybe oh yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, it's or may I I don't know if it's like I'm thinking Jack Bauer. That's from what twenty-four I, that's what came to mind
0: for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Or maybe like a bad guy. He kind of also sounds like he could be a villain.
1: Maybe he is. Uh,
0: Maybe I'm thinking Harvey Dent from Batman. (gasps)
1: Yeah.
0: Could be anything. It's none of those things, actually. Well, he starts out
1: good. Yeah. Harvey Dent. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you want to talk about Batman real
1: quick? God, yes. (laughs) But our podcast is about designing women. Catch us in the off season (laughs) where Nikki and I pose as Crusaders (laughs) and save people around Atlanta. (laughs) we
0: also don't do any of that no uh so this one was written by lbt and directed by barnett kelman who directed the two-parter old spouses never die as well as monette Mm. so you ready to jump in
1: let's get into this sucker
0: so in the first act of the show um big picture suzanne learns that her ex-husband jack is going to publish a book and then less quickly learns about the juicy stuff that's in there so we start, in my opinion, with a pretty inconsequential cold open. Um, mm. To me, it really didn't seem to have any relevance to the rest of the episode.
1: No, which is what cold opens are supposed to do. So I
0: guess. But, like, I love a good throwback at some point or, I don't know. It's not cerebral enough to me.
1: Well, I, so I will just, so there's this whole thing about an ad in the paper that's too small. Do you want to say anything about that? It's up to you.
0: There's an ad in the paper that's too small for Julia's liking. <laughs>
1: That sounds like you might be reading a note. Um, Hard to say. I think my main reaction was we get another size comment from Julia about Suzanne. Apparently, they're like doing construction next door. She comes, I'm so tired. All these men hitting on me all day, every day. And she, you know, waves her hair around or something. Right. And Julia says maybe they're not. She says something about them commenting on her chest. And Julia says, well, maybe they're just commenting on your buns. Or something, and which was supposed to be, you could definitely tell we're in the 80s because that's like when, like, oh, he didn't want to have a big butt, <laughs> which oh, yeah. doesn't seem to be the case anymore, you know? Um, but, anyways, it's just another size comment and something that I was like, oh,
0: shut up, Julia. Were they also not allowed to say butt on TV? I
1: uh, may, maybe that's just not in line with Julia's character because
0: Buns was used, but Buns was used by Julia and also, um. The next episode by Mary Jo. Well,
1: if you think I'm looking into that, you're crazy. Okay.
0: She won't be reporting back on that. But
1: if they were if they were using the word the B word, not but um for females, which is inappropriate, um, why would but be a problem? I Maybe don't know. LBT just doesn't like the word but. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I want to say that Charlene,
0: wondering about the dollar, <laughs> this is so inconsequential, but since we're going there, uh, she says, like, have you ever, she she wants to distract Julia from this ad. So she's coming up with all these ways to distract Julia. She says, don't I owe you a dollar? And Julia's like, no, you don't care about that stuff. And she's like, no, but here you go. Here's a dollar. And then she goes into, like, have you ever wondered mm-hmm. if, like, someone you used to know has ever touched your dollar?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've literally never thought of that, and it blew my mind.
1: <laughs> oh, she got profound on you.
0: I was like... Oh, my God. I think maybe in the past I have thought, like, could a famous person have touched it.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what I thought when I was, I rewatched the episode to get myself fresh. Right. And I had that thought. Like, that would be a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah. But then, actually, I think normally my thought is, did it, like, how much fecal material is on Gross, it? Gross, Selena. Or, like, they've ran those studies where they're, like, 100% of money has cocaine on it. So these are the kinds of things that go through my mind. so (laughs) there's not enough poop expertise out there there really isn't you know but i'm bringing it to the table so so there was a fairly inconsequential missing script
0: alert after suzanne announces the guys next door cat calling her i'll just mention it because we usually try to mention these things and i noticed it for once so um she just says you know julia just once i'd like to walk in here and make a statement without being personally attacked and julia says well i could cut down but i wouldn't want to have to go cold turkey so they cut that yeah. and I can tell from your <laughs>
1: sorry I'm sitting here I'm like that was way too deep for me <laughs> and when I listen back to it I'm gonna be like did our audio just drop <laughs> nope, nope, it's just Selena trying to think
0: it's basically Julia saying like I, I can't not personally attack you right. you're my sister
1: right okay
0: so Suzanne gets a phone call is sort of what happens next mm-hmm. and it's Jack her ex-husband and he wants to have dinner with her um She's pretty difficult about the whole thing. Like, didn't we just have dinner six months ago or last year or something? Um, And so he just tells her on the phone he wrote an autobiography and wants her to read the manuscript. Mm -hmm. Um, And she says, like, to say that she's less than interested would be a massive understatement. Like, she could not care less. Her Mm -hmm. concern is, like, how long is it? Because if it's too long, I'm not reading I know.
1: Her reaction is so funny to me.
0: Yeah. So something in this part that stuck out to me is Suzanne says she'll send Anthony to pick it up. And, like, just revisiting the character of Anthony. He is not her messenger. And that just really bothered me.
1: Right. Just automatically.
0: It just was, yeah, it was so Mm -hmm. annoying and... It just irritated me.
1: Do you think it's kind of strange with this um, uh, self-loving as she is that she would not be interested? Yes. I mean, I can see her being like not interested in reading. I'm not saying Suzanne isn't smart. I think Suzanne is smart. Yeah. But she's like kind of, you know, she's kind of said like, eh, reading is for readers.
0: Yeah. I think in her mind, so what she goes into a little bit later is that her ex-husbands have never had anything unkind to say about right. her. There's not going to be anything interesting in there. She's going to read more of what she already knows, which is Jack is still pining for her. He is still in love with her the way he used to be. Um, and so I just think she thinks there's not going to be anything interesting in there. Um, she, They do talk a little bit about their marriage. Mm-hmm. It could not have been the best marriage because he only wanted to talk about one thing, which was baseball. Mm-hmm. He only wanted to talk about his salaba balls, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as spitballs. And he didn't want to talk about the stuff she was interested in.
1: Yeah. Her. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's what I actually, like, I think what was really a standout for me is you cannot have two people in a relationship who both need to be the center of attention. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what that topic is. If the topic also includes them and that's it, then you... You're just you're dead in the water. Somebody is not going to be getting their needs met, right? You know, so they had more in common in the bedroom than out is what we learned for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, She does have one worry though about what he might reveal in this book.
1: Yeah, why don't you tell us that one?
0: She's really worried he might mention she rolls her pajama bottoms up when she runs out of underwear.
1: Yep.
0: It doesn't super fly with all of her previous comments about having a maid, right? Because like, why would she be low on underwear? Yeah, where are you, Consuela? Yeah,
1: get well, it together. Not there yet, but another <laughs> maid was so. any maid,
0: any maid. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's before we get into Julia reading it. Anything you want to say?
1: Uh, maybe just we can say why Julia is reading it.
0: Yes, we're going to say so. What happens next is Anthony comes back and he has he has fetched this manuscript for
1: her. Well, Julia also offers to read it. Like she's like, I think that she basically, because I think one other thing that seems really important here is that it seems that Suzanne has a, a little bit of a different memory of what this marriage was like than Julia. Okay. Something in it sounds like it was really tumultuous. Mm -hmm. Um, You mean
0: the the fact that he rode on the front of her car to the police station a few times?
1: Yeah, I think that probably is a good hint. So thank you for giving that specific example because that is (laughs) important. And so for that reason, Julia – and I I feel like Julia is probably thinking even from like – the vantage point of we're sugar bakers. We have a name and a reputation. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think, like, she doesn't say those things, but we also know she is very protective of her, Suzanne. Only yeah. she can abuse Suzanne.
0: No one else. And she has a really realistic view of Suzanne, so she knows there's no way this book is only going to contain glowing things about this woman. Right. I know my sister.
1: And so Suzanne says, like, you can read it, and
0: I'm not going to... I even don't gonna, care.
1: Yeah, I'm not even going to ask you any questions about it, except for, again, the the roll up of the
0: fans. right we need to know if that happens yeah. but other than that yeah julia you read it to your heart's content so she sends anthony off he brings it back and when that when the scene kind of comes back in uh anthony is downstairs with the ladies uh with mary jo and charlene and julia's not in the scene cuz she's allegedly upstairs reading this book um and she told anthony don't bother her unless there's a fire and it's reached the second floor she mm-hmm. wants to be up there on her own so anthony reveals that the book fell open in the car. He certainly did not read it, um, but it yeah. fell open and the dude had more groupies than all the rock stars in North America. So the book apparently contains reference to extramarital affairs while he was married to Suzanne. Yeah. And just as those words come out of his mouth, almost, Julia comes down the sca- stairs and confirms his sexual bombing strikes on major American cities. <laughs> um. And so as she comes down and tells the other women that like he was stepping out on Suzanne like a lot, um, Suzanne comes in and Suzanne's sort of like, why are you guys all so serious? What's going on? I know that book doesn't say anything bad about me. I know he's still in love with me. Like he couldn't say anything bad. Um, And after a little bit of back and forth, Julia finally tells her that that's what happened.
1: Yeah, there's some romance in the book. This <laughs> right. wasn't with you, lady.
0: There's adventure, there's action, there's romance, and tells her, yeah, and it wasn't you. Um, and then she was interested in reading. She was very interested and wanted to know right where to start. And Julia knew where she should start. Chapter four, Girls of the Royal Canadian Mounties.
1: Next, we get to do something fun. Do I, we? Yeah, I feel like it's something that we never do. We actually get to go somewhere. Yay. I like field trips. (laughs) Yeah. We spend a lot of time in sugar Baker. We do. So I think that shows just how maybe this kind of turns Suzanne's world upside down. They're going day drinking. <laughs> so, I mean, Woohoo! presumably this isn't the next day. I probably should have done an outfit check, but I honestly didn't. I think they were
0: wearing the same outfits.
1: Okay. But they're in kind of like a, a CD, let's say nondescript. It's CD is non-des- the first word that comes to mind, but nondescript is better. It's like a nondescript bar. Suzanne is um, uh, obviously, uh, she's having some, uh, some medicine so liquid mm-hmm, liquid medicine and uh i mean a lot of medicines, liquid whatever I guess. man It could have been pills <laughs> yeah, could have been powder yeah for all we know she's having all of it that's we true. don't know what's happening in the bathroom um but that's where they are like it's 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 all of our ladies uh no anthony so he gets to go pick up the book but he doesn't get to go to the bar mm-hmm. mm, i don't know funny. about all this maybe he doesn't drink we would take him with us
0: i would totally go to the bar with anthony absolutely but i would need suzanne there too
1: after this scene, you betcha. I would need her there. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're in this bar. She's blowing off steam. Uh, you know, one thing I don't know we've mentioned to this point is that her husband isn't just a pro baseball player. Right. He's a very specific baseball player. He's an Atlanta Brave. Ah, go Braves. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm very excited because... Just we're going to do a quick in the middle of the show promo <laughs> 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 that Nikki is going to do um, extra sugar this week and she is going to talk about the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. and their story something I don't know anything about sports <laughs> hang in there Selena you're gonna learn a lot <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, but anyway so they're in this bar um, and all of a sudden um you know they're having a conversation about everything that's happened but uh, Jack comes on TV mm-hmm. you know it's like so I don't know I guess it's like an I don't even know if ESPN is a thing then. Well, whoever is doing, maybe it's just the local sports station or whatever. TBS. Oh, how right. Well, TBS. <laughs> so they're having like some sort of conference and he's talking and um, Suzanne is booing him. There's like a funny exchange between her and a patron at the bar. Do you
0: know who the patron at the bar is?
1: I know he looked very familiar to me.
0: He's Roger Pedactor from Ace Ventura
1: oh well he's been in a lot of stuff right he's, he's worked super
0: actor. steadily since the early 80s uh, yeah
1: if you're gonna take my filmography
0: you, oh sorry did you have it i don't but oh. i'm just saying like, he had step-by-step home improvement mm-hmm. party of five and a lot of movies he's usually like the cop type
1: yeah yeah he probably is like an off i was very excited
0: he turned around and i was like
1: it's roger Penactor,"
0: because i know ace Ventura like the back of my hand
1: i see that um that's very impressive Uh, well there you go guys Um, so the guy from Ace Ventura turned around Um, I haven't seen that movie since I was nine reason enough to tune in (laughs) there you go Uh, and they have like a funny little interaction Um, I I was just gonna say that um we get a sneak peek of their marriage. I think again, this whole idea, she has a different visual of their marriage, you know, not, she, she does not think that things went well between right. the two of them, but I think the story she tells about something that happened between the two of them years ago really sets the stage for what their relationship was right. Or like <laughs> not right. Not right. So, it all. was not right. 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 So she, she's got this story down cold because it even has a date attached to it. Okay. So on August 26th, 1983, y'all August 26th, she put Ben gay in his cup, his athletic cup after a huge fight and right before some huge game that the Braves had with the pirates and they lost nine to one. So Thanks Suzanne. She always felt bad. She does not feel bad anymore.
0: No. no. Not at all.
1: And I think um I think the other thing that seems to be at play here is we're getting some insight. Here's my thing and tell me what you think. I don't really think she gives a darn that he cheated on her. I think she cares that she's embarrassed because people are going to know. I think that's right. Do you have the missing script here? You know what? I don't think I pulled any missing script for this one.
0: So the script place we have doesn't assign names to things. So I just have the script and we can kind of assume who says what. But what I have that was missing says, Oh, I would hardly dignify him by calling him affairs. Someone says, at least he was discreet. He didn't name names. He didn't have to. He named the state. Oh, it's not fair. He gets all the adulation. She gets all the humiliation. Oh, well, mm. after all, he deserves it. He's Mr. Jack Atlanta Saliva Ball Dent. I keep telling you it's spitball. Whatever. he I mean, he's still one of the top five pitchers in the entire American Legion. League. And it's national. Whatever. <laughs> you know that's got to be one of the problems in our marriage. Well, it doesn't matter. The reason I'm bringing that up is because we're establishing Jack Dent. Again, you mentioned he was on TV. The guys at the bar really wanted to watch him. So one, he's a really good baseball player. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's probably not going to be too hurt by all this. Um, And two, the adulation and she gets the humiliation. Mm -hmm. That points to that double standard when um, extramarital affairs happen that I think people assume something was wrong with the woman, that the man had to step out. Yeah. So I think she's very worried about humiliation. I think that's her driving factor here.
1: And it's uh, driving her in a cab over to go see (laughs) Um, her ex-husband,
0: she got a piece of her mind to give him.
1: Right. I had one other thought that I wanted to share before she heads over to what I can only assume is Atlanta Fulton County stadium at the time. <laughs> um, I think my, um, my parting thought from this, uh, bar scene was that I was really impressed with Suzanne's acting. Oh, yeah. She is super funny. Mm-hmm.
0: I would absolutely go drinking with her.
1: Well, her drunk acting is really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's everything. It's from the way she holds the glass to um, she's it, she's not putting it on so much where it's like slurring or anything like that. But she's just like way more relaxed than normal. Yeah. Um, there's just so, it's I mean, it is kind of acting perfection, I think. It was great. And she also does this great thing. Um, oh, it's like the way she's. Uh, like eating the peanuts. (laughs) Like, I mean just, it's like, like she wasn't really closing her mouth. And I know y'all, I know that someone has to be listening to this and be like, you are paying very close attention. Yeah, I am. That's what we do. Right. But like, normally I don't think she'd be someone that would, um, Chew with her mouth open. That's not very polite. And we know manners matter a lot to her. So just kind of like these little telltale signs that she is not fully in control right now. Right. And then the best part is before she leaves, she's haughtily running (laughs) off and she goes the wrong way, which, by the way, (laughs) is me every day. Totally sober. (laughs) And I don't need double martinis for it. That's just natural. Um, So big moment. Mm hmm. Uh, she waltzes in the locker room at the stadium and she it's so funny because obviously they're going to position all these guys as suddenly being like modest and very discreet maybe they would be who knows I mean I guess everybody would react differently but it's the same thing that happens in steel magnolias it is when they go into the locker room
0: it is I love a good women in the locker room scene oh and it happens in major league another baseball movie happens 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 a good amount of time i love these kinds of scenes
1: yeah so yeah as soon as she said she was headed there i was like yes um but she snaps him with a towel and to get his attention um and and she and like he turns around he's very surprised he automatically knows that she's been drinking um and and i think this is again a place where we kind of see that um, she does not have her wits about her. Mm-mm. Her Well, it, her inhibitions are lowered. There you go. Because again, it comes back to this thing of like, I think, she, I think what you do and what you present are very important to Suzanne. Mm-hmm. And I don't know normally that she would have gone in there and said some of the things that she said out loud in front of all of these guys, mm-hmm. um, including the fact that she's seen a lot of men naked.
0: <laughs> but who hasn't? Am I right?
1: I mean... And actually the thing is, is that's fine, you know? And she shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a thing. Right. We shouldn't be sex-shaming. So that's all good. It's just, to me, it's, again, it's that lowered inhibition. I don't think she would have normally done that. She wouldn't have said that. that, yeah. No, I think she would want to come off as a demure whatever uh funnily enough i was sitting there thinking i was like well of course you've seen like how many times has she been married i hope she's at least seen those people <laughs> naked that's um, true. but uh anyways so you know they have this whole interaction i i just i, I mean that's basically it is like it's just one giant argument and yep. she lays uh, <laughs> she lays claim to the Pirate's victory in 1983, you know. And he
0: reminds her he wanted to talk to her before she read the book. That was the whole point in him wanting to have dinner with her. That's true. She blew him off. He wanted to talk to her. Mm -hmm. So it's clear he still has something that he needs to discuss with her that she needs to know as she's reading this book.
1: That's right. And, I mean, so, I don't know. So... All everybody leaves because they start singing the national anthem. He sticks around with her. I think what struck me towards the end is like he was just trying to hit on her, which seems to mm. me probably I think may have been some problem with their marriage too. Is like he probably wanted to just have sex every time they were having an argument. Mm-hmm. Is my guess over her maid. Yeah. So <laughs> not um, have
0: sex over her maid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, hey, I mean, we whatever. don't know what happened in the dent sugar baker home, and it's not really any of our business. Maybe this is why she kept saying, Get your own maid. <laughs> I'm tired of having sex over. I don't know. Anyways, I, I think for me, she just basically turns him down and she heads out. But it, I, again, if there is anything else that you wanted to talk about in this scene. I have something
0: very important to talk oh, about in Oh, I, I missed something. So this is the first time that we've met Jack Dent. Yeah. The actor who plays him. Oh, yeah. It's Greg Henry. Mm-hmm. He's Logan's dad from Gilmore Girls. And also apparently Peter Quill's grandfather in the Guardians of the Galaxy sequels, mm-hmm. which I haven't yet seen. I, I have kids.
1: He's in the original one, too. Is he? Yeah. but okay. I, I, But I didn't remember that so wow. straight away in fact I was, was the
0: most important thing in this entire scene to me is I like
1: Logan's dad I, yeah so it took me two weeks for it to finally hit me mm. that that's who it was because yeah it, because I think of him now as Hollis Doyle from um Scandal
0: oh so well I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls for the fifth time right now so so I've just gotten to the Logan part (laughs) just got back to it
1: yeah uh so um well good and now I don't have to talk about a reference I had to look up at the (laughs) oh sorry about that (laughs) I'm not (laughs) thank you
0: so in this last scene Suzanne and Jack talk they kiss and maybe make up a little bit Maybe, maybe I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, we open in Suzanne's room. She's sleeping. She's got a face mask on. She's got her PJs on. Um, and the phone's ringing, and the radio announcer is talking to her
1: mm-hmm. like usual. You know how it as, is. as it happens,
0: it's 1:15 a.m. The radio host is threatening Suzanne essentially, <laughs> <laughs> and then he hints that Jack is slouch- slouching around in the dark outside her house.
1: Oh, you know. <laughs> I just feel like you know how we've had a conversation about how like you and I have interpreted scenes like completely <laughs> differently. Um, I, I just really like this interpretation because it's dark. <laughs> well, he's
0: like, if you break his arm, the whole of Atlanta is going to turn on you. Oh, also, he's standing
1: outside your house right now. <laughs> it was just very creepy. Right. Well, and he's also like, hope you get some, Jack. Right. I right. mean, get out of here.
0: Right. It, w- it, was, it was a weird setup. And then next thing we know, we hear Consuela.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she's screaming. She is losing her ever-loving mind. Yeah, she's threatening to kill him. I would, too. The radio announcer's threatening Suzanne. Now Consuela's threatening to kill him. Yeah. Um, so he, Jack comes in. He says, no, she's expecting me. And uh, Suzanne says, let him in. Just let him in. Let's, we're going to talk. And um, in all of this, we get the big reveal. Yeah. He didn't actually really have those affairs. He really wanted to write a book about baseball. <laughs>
1: He did, yeah.
0: He just wanted to write about, like, I don't know, spitballs and saliva balls and whatnot. Um, but they wouldn't accept it. That's mm. boring. Who wants to read a book about baseball? People barely watch baseball.
1: I can definitely see this really happening.
0: For sure. Mm. Which is why I totally bought it. Um, he was super earnest Here. about the whole thing. <laughs> what'd you say here (laughs) i buy it right now right now at this point in the
1: episode
0: (laughs) (laughs) he was really earnest about the whole thing he was super sweet actually about it and was like he recognizes they had a tumultuous relationship but he also genuinely really loved her
1: he really loved what they had well and he says as much because of the dedication
0: which is what he actually wanted her to see. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted her to see that the book was dedicated to her. And she says like, well, what did it say? He says, thank you for being there. And for having large breasts.
1: Which it feels like this is this guy's um MO is like, he starts with something nice and then it's something that's like jacked up. Right. Cause he had already said, um, ha. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, it's because there was the other thing that happened was, um he also was like he he was you know he was starting a sweet talker you could see that she was coming around and then he was like and every time no. i make love to another woman i picture your face <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like, come like on
0: that. man yeah
1: and she's like okay
0: you were almost there right uh i will say maybe it's sort of tied to the cold open i said this cold open felt really inconsequential it opened with those construction men talking about her large breasts
1: well so my whole thing this whole time has been we've been talking about suzanne's breasts the whole episode yes and they're actually referenced a lot in the season so yeah. uh and so are mary joe's
0: no oh, that's true a lot so
1: i you know but just the opposite side of the spectrum if you will right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he he does he he's really earnest with her he tries to make it up to her and tell her you know like i um it really was like this was not intended how it was supposed to happen i ended up accidentally not accidentally i ended up writing these sections with other guys on the bus um mm-hmm. and they end up coming to kind of a deal that he's not going to publish the book so obviously you can't publish this
1: well uh well he'll rewrite those parts yeah okay i mean and also it's not just like they come to an agreement she makes him swear sure right or may lightning strike him right which right. he doesn't appreciate apparently
0: yeah, apparently this has happened a time or two. Yeah. Um, but he does agree. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. He agrees. Um, and then he tries to sleep with her. Yeah, well. One time, two times, three times. <laughs> I lost count. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work.
1: No, it doesn't. She's she not having out. it. Well, she's also hung over.
0: She, <laughs> she's hung over. She's very tired. She kind of kicks him out. But before he goes, they have a little bit of a sweet exchange. Uh, sure. <laughs> well, they're not yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh He tells her he might throw a no-hitter tomorrow and maybe even hit a home run for her. Um, And then as he's on his way out, he says, uh, remember that athletic cup, which you talked about in the second act of the show where um, uh, Suzanne says that she put Ben Gay in his athletic cup? Mm -hmm. He says, now we're even. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My notes say, but what does it all mean?
1: (laughs) Right. I don't know. Does that mean there were groupies? Does that mean... He had been cheating on her that whole time, the, you know, or just, or he's just not going to rewrite those parts.
0: Oh, you know that's probably saying? the most likely. Because
1: that could be it too. It could be that maybe he really didn't cheat on her and, but he, because he swore two things. He swore that he didn't cheat and he swore he'd rewrite the parts, but if he really wants that book to come out, right, then maybe he's just not going to rewrite those parts and the book will still come out. I love ambiguous endings like this yeah. because it's just good fodder.
0: The other thing I, that crossed my mind was that he, this was all a farce the whole time. Like he he was trying to send her spiraling a little bit and it worked. He wasn't ever actually going to publish the book as it was written.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: Like it was just make believe. So That was the only other explanation I could come up with. More
1: stuff, right? Right. More things that it could have been. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see Jack again or not, honestly. So I
0: don't know. you might have to watch Gilmore Girls, watch him as Logan hunts Mitch Musburger,
1: or Bunheads. He's also in Bunheads. Oh, that makes sense. So, so that's really it. That's the end of the episode. All righty. Well, are you ready to rate this sucker? I am. All right, let's do it. I wanted
0: to go with burning athletic cups.
1: Well, I think we're on the same wavelength because I went with effervescent jock straps.
0: So actually, I thought it sounded really negative. Yours sounds really positive. So I switched mine. <laughs> and whoa, I want to go with whoa, whoa. nat diplomas. Because in the very beginning of the episode when Julia is talking <laughs> about the ad, she says something about like it's the size of a nat diploma or something for how tiny it is,
1: which could be cousins
0: to the fleas. It's all coming together, isn't it? And see, I think higher education is always a good thing. So I didn't want to go with something negative. So I'm going with nat diplomas. I thought this episode was wild. So like, (laughs) Suzanne is married to a – or was married to a professional baseball player. Okay. And then she was seduced post-marriage by said professional baseball player. So in one world, that's a wild concept, to be married to a professional baseball player. Mm -hmm. But we talked in an episode recently about the social circle that the sugar bakers run with. So in Atlanta social circles – that actually might be believable where she is like the fact that she would have that run in with an Atlanta athlete at her level Mm -hmm. so it's it's a little bit believable it was the right for me it was the right amount of tied into Atlanta society Mm -hmm. so that that one episode with the marriage it seems from a marriage it was this outrageously wealthy random couple that really had no class whatsoever Mm -hmm. my complaint about that episode was It didn't feel true enough to the society level that we knew the sugar bakers ran in. Mm -hmm. This very much feels true to that. Mm. That's what I want to hear in an episode about Suzanne. I loved how she stood up for herself, Mm -hmm. even if she had to drink a little bit to do it. I love how she talked him down maybe from writing the book without sleeping with him.
1: Mm -hmm. It
0: was purely her charm that did it. Um, I also love Jack. Jack. I thought he was adorable. Um, I was totally charmed by Suzanne. And I, I could, and he was charmed by Suzanne, like, in a big way. So I could totally go more, for more of that, like, dynamic in that character. Um, there were no weird subplots. We didn't have to follow some random train somewhere <laughs> to catch some sure. random sub story. Mm-hmm. The episode carried itself. It didn't whiplash from scene to scene. So I'm giving it two enthusiastic thumbs up and five Nat diplomas. Give me more of this.
1: Two number fives now.
0: (laughs) Two number fives.
1: (laughs) What does that give you? A burger and a shake? Give me more of this. What about you, Selena? I gave it three and a half out of five effervescent. What happened to you? Well, I'm super excited about it now that I've heard it through and seen it through your eyes. (laughs) Um, I mean, I did really like it. Suzanne, I like the fact that... hmm, She's so blindly confident sometimes that I really like plots that get her a little rattled. Yes, I see that. Um, because I think it's the closest we get to some character development with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've i already said this, but I really just, again, I'll say the bar scene, her perfection. If we were just going to go on the bar scene, I'd say five out of five. It was glorious. Um I like the fact, uh, counter, not counter, but I would say a supplement to what you're saying about this feeling like it could happen in Atlanta society circles. Mm -hmm. These are real stakes. Like, I mean, well, they're rich people stakes, but they're real stakes because it would... I mean, I'm just putting myself in shoes if an ex was going to put out a, a book that would somehow be slanderous to me or there was just something in there that would be embarrassing for me. Yeah. Then it feels like something that I might go drunkenly chase you down and snap you with a towel in the locker <laughs> room over. So it just felt like like sometimes in, in these episodes, I'm like, what are we really fighting for yeah. here? But yeah, in yeah. this one, I'm like, okay, I can see. Like the anger seemed warranted. Mm-hmm. The emotion seemed warranted. Yep. Um, I, in general, I thought it was fun. Uh, I love that we got a chance to meet, um, her ex, Mm -hmm. um, and someone who is a prominent person in Atlanta. So I think our, our ideas of what we like are kind of circling one another. Mm -hmm. And I just, for me, actually the last scene just fell apart a little bit for me. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what to make of him. Oh, really? Yeah, I really don't because part of it, and this is the kind of guy that I've just never really I don't know. It just Mm -hmm. seems um, swarmy. See, and I see him as
0: well-intentioned, but like... He got a couple balls to the head. Awkward, yeah. Like, he's well-intentioned. His heart is in the right place. He's a good old boy who wants to do the right thing. But he's a professional baseball player. He's out on the road a lot. He's just got that...
1: That penis is always in the way. (laughs) Right there between the legs. (laughs) It's always one penis in front of a good decision. You just If you can just work your way around it, you'll find your answer. I
0: think it's less about the anatomy and more about the concussions, honestly. <laughs> uh,
1: can it be man. both?
0: It could be. That's true.
1: Yeah, it's just a tough combination. He's if he just... had
0: to rip that jock strap off after it had the Gay, you might have had to play without a jock strap and then it really could have been both.
1: Let's just talk about... <laughs> I did not have this in my notes to talk about this, but... The fact that he got through the game, he may be the strongest person alive. You know?
0: Unless he didn't, if he ripped it out and played without a jockstrap.
1: Although Uh, maybe he is. I don't know. It feels like it would still keep burning.
0: (laughs) Ball to the crutch.
1: There you go. (laughs) And that, guys, is it. No, wait. Where are (laughs) we? segment. (laughs) Forget. um so did you have a combination of 80s southern or unknown references
0: um i think you could put having the sheets martinized in this combination category for me
1: oh me too okay yeah I, i didn't but i put
0: it in 80s okay but so he comes to her bedroom and says can i sit down on your bed sorry i'm dirty from the ballpark i'll have your sheets martinized um I looked this up and I did not take good notes. So I'll say my basic understanding is it is like a revolutionary version of dry cleaning.
1: Yeah that was my first take. And then my second take was it's dry cleaning. <laughs> like, I think it used to be um, like the pro and I could be wrong. So I don't want to have another Seven Eleven situation. I don't want to have to come back and apologize.
0: Maybe we should just say, look it up yourself. Come yeah. to your own conclusions. Yeah,
1: good luck. Anyways, but like, it sounds like they used to have like the um, uh, you you couldn't just have it done the dry cleaning there on site. Right. The chemicals were so dangerous that you'd have to take it off premise. It was like this whole thing. And so when this martinization process comes along, the chemicals were strong but soft. <laughs> mm. The jingle's coming together for me right now. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile I'm over here thinking, what can I make Nickyization? <laughs>
1: What can I like we do? Yeah, what's going to make us money, Nikki? Keep going with that train But anyway, so uh, I think the idea is that they were able to bring it on premises. They mm-hmm. were able to do it faster. They were able to do it cheaper. But all of these things sort of sound like just dry cleaning. Yeah. To me that... now, so I don't know. But It's they still a way have of getting
0: them. your sheets
1: cleaned. That, that, there you go. Send them off, get them clean. If you want to get martinized, get it. If you don't, don't. Don't no, I, I don't care. I don't have any I don't have any stakes in this particular game. <laughs> That's the only one I had. I do have stakes <laughs> in one more combination reference. Uh-huh. Mine were Braves jerseys. Mm? Because I looked at his Braves jersey uh-huh. and I was like, is this a legitimate Braves jersey oh, from nineteen eighty seven? Was it? It was. Yay! And from what I could tell, because I just looked at his on screen and then I pulled up I did the old, hit up the old googs and, um, it appears to be legit. So good for you. Yeah.
0: I'm I mean, like, good yeah, good,
1: good for all, good for Atlanta. That didn't occur to me. Good for Nikki. Good for, good <laughs> for everyone. Um, kind of cute too. Um, but anyways, so eighties things.
0: I've brought this one up a couple of times. I think every time you look at me like I'm weird, but Suzanne removed her earring when she went to talk on the phone.
1: That's what you think, but it's also on my list. All right. Because I just, that was such a, I'm so young that I forgot that was a thing. (laughs) Even (laughs) though I'm older than you by three months. A lot. Um, But also she's on a landline. Yes. So that has an 80s feel to it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got in 80s. Okay. I only had two other things. Okay. Uh, Ads in print newspapers. Right. Again, we know they still happen.
0: Mm, I Blah, 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 Which
1: I might think that maybe it's time, now that we're coming close to the season ending, <laughs> to call it maybe 80s or dated things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to, and for anybody that is getting annoyed with the fact that maybe it's carried on past the 80s. Asking the bartender to call her a cab. Oh, uh-huh. Instead of just popping on your phone and calling up, oops.
0: Also not sure that was appropriate. I don't think the bartender was there to call cabs for you.
1: I think that happens a lot. Really? Happened. Mhm. I think sometimes, I think (laughs) if
0: I were a bartender, I'd be like, go buy yourself a
1: phone. That's what you think until you can't get the drunk person out of there. And then you're calling a taxi really fast. Yeah. That might be some of my old bartending days (laughs) creeping up there. You serve, you, you serve one guy, that last drink that puts him over the edge and he's drooling on your bar and then proposes marriage to you because he obviously cannot see you straight. You just know I was very happy to call a taxi for him. Sounds like a good Friday night to me. Uh, For him, less so for me. And then uh, Southern things.
0: (laughs) This one's a little bit of a reach. So the Atlanta Braves, obviously. Atlanta Braves is Southern. Check
1: my list. Go on. Okay.
0: So Atlanta Braves was Southern. That was an extra sugar. We'll cover that a little bit more. He says to her, you've got your deal on backwards there. Talking about her nightgown. That's a great one. <laughs> it feels like if you're not Southern, maybe that doesn't feel particularly. So I don't know. But have you like you've had family members say before, like that deal over there. Or oh, yeah. yeah. for sure. It's just like a word you use for referring to a, a thing of yeah. some unknown description. I,
1: I think that's great.
0: That's the only one I got.
1: <laughs> so good. Uh, Well, perfect. (laughs) References that you needed to look up or maybe we should talk about for some reason.
0: I had to look up Andy Rooney. Mm -hmm. Um, This was in the beginning. Again, I think when Charlene brings up that dollar and um, uh, Julia says to her, do you have an explanation for why you're sounding like Andy Andy Rooney or something Mm -hmm. like that? So he was an American radio and television writer who is best known for his weekly broadcast A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney, which was a part of 60 Minutes on CBS from 78 to 2011,
1: mm-hmm.
0: his final appearance on 60 Minutes aired um, on October 2nd, 2011, and he died a month later at the age of 92. Oh, wow. Um, and then Evelyn Wood, graduate.
1: Mm-hmm. That was
0: a reference Anthony makes when he the women ask him if he read the book on the way. So what did you find out about Evelyn Wood?
1: Oh, you don't know. I looked her up.
0: Oh, okay. I did. You're giving me that look. Um, So she was an American educator and business person who was known for popularizing the concept of speed reading. Mm -hmm. She preferred to call it dynamic reading. Um, But the idea was that she could increase a reader's speed over the average reading rate of 250 to 300 words a minute by a factor of 3 to 10 times or more while preserving and even improving their understanding of the content.
1: Yeah. And did you read like what the – like how the, they do I, it. I did.
0: I didn't write it down, so
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not it's not I didn't I, I didn't write anything down. I just remember like one of the things being that instead of reading left to right, you read down. Mm. Which I tried to do that and I was like, no, this don't work for me.
0: Doesn't work for me. Um, but you didn't go to her course. So.
1: No. And so it was the Evelyn Wood Reading Dynamics Institute. Mm. Did you see how many words per minute she could read?
0: I probably did.
1: 2700 That is a lot of words. Oh, hmm. so I read a New York Times article. I think it was like right after she passed. So they're talking about everything that she accomplished. And one of the things they said is that like there was a person following her method who was reading 14,000 words per minute
0: was this the person that read read war and peace in like 15 minutes
1: this no that oh i don't know this was a textbook they were reading oh okay so that much i knew could it could have been the same person maybe i'm not sure yeah so yeah reading it was crazy right meanwhile i think i do all the things that like these are the things you're doing wrong (laughs) i don't know what are you gonna do Oh, that was the last one I had. Okay, so um, I so both of those I had. Andy Rooney. I think sometimes I get confused with Mickey. Mickey Rooney. Rooney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same. Same. Okay. So um, the girls of the Royal Canadian Mounties. I mean, like I got it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think like the Royal Canadian Mounted Police is what they're referring to. Mm-hmm. Not that I like have that in my head. Like I had to go look that up again. But obviously, if you've ever seen Rocky and Bullwinkle or any uh oh i'm getting some side to side eyes oh was rocky with the I, isn't there a relatives? mountie in that like oh i don't know well now i think maybe i've got a reference messed up anyways it doesn't matter they're in red mm-hmm. they've got the hats it's like it just feels like it's very much so in like baked into the culture mm-hmm. and things that you know about canada right like if you don't know anything else about canada you know that what's this all about mm-hmm. <laughs> and something about maple syrup, and the Mounties. So And sorry. uh, And sorry. If you watched
0: Nickelodeon in the early 90s, you watched a lot of Canadian shows without realizing they were Canadian, but you always wondered, why
1: did they say sorry? Yeah. That's why. I I love the way they say sorry, actually. Um, But uh, mine's from Anne of Green Gables is the reason why for that one. Um,
0: Mine may or may not be from Ace Ventura.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) different strokes. Um, And then uh, I promise you more people will identify with you (laughs) um and so the only reason i really kept digging is because i was like but what is it about these girls like oh what's what's the deal with that Uh and especially with the girls thing is it a calendar that's what it makes it sound right Uh kind of salacious or something Uh so i didn't find anything about girls i found stuff about women so i think that was just like off the cuff the way that we like to call women girls Mm -hmm. whatever um so I, it, I, am, I have found an article that's just really interesting about the barriers that women had to face to get in oh,
0: gosh. To,
1: as, to, to be a Mountie. And, um, you know, essentially, they were not allowed to apply for those positions until 1974. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I got an interesting article there. Obviously, we talk about women's stuff a lot on this podcast and men's stuff and just people stuff people stuff just all never... the stuff but anyways i thought for some of the conversations that we have that it was kind of an interesting side note and then i looked at mark nice too so there you go
0: okay well our next episode ladies gents people episode 22 incidentally the season finale of season one of designing women it's called bachelor suite So we'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. We're on Instagram at Sweet Tea and TV, Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and we are online. <laughs> I always say this so awkwardly. I don't know why. <laughs> well, on the world wide webs. <laughs> ww.sweettv.com. And we've mentioned this a couple of times throughout the episode, but hang tight for extra sugar. We're gonna dig into our hometown baseball heroes, the Bravos, the Braves, America's team. We're gonna learn a little bit about the storied team's history and what they have given to the city of Atlanta.
1: Ooh, well, I'm gonna go get some food then. Mm-mm-mm. I guess we'll see you around the bend. Bye!
0: Welcome to this week's Extra Sugar, where we're headed out to the ball game to learn about America's team, the Bravos, the Braves. That's right, our hometown professional baseball team. If you're from Atlanta, you probably own a Braves hat or a Braves jersey, right,
1: Selena? Well, or you have friends that will lend you their Braves gear. Well, that's nice. My husband has some. Does that count? It does. It it all counts, Our household holds (laughs) Braves things. It all
0: counts. Your friends have them, so you run with a good circle of people who have good judgment in sports.
1: I've got, like... Seven shirts that I could go change into right now because my friends Alyssa and Sarah are so kind that they gave me all of it for today.
0: So she is wearing a brave shirt. She mm-hmm. also has baseball related snacks. Do you want to go ahead and tell the people?
1: Yeah. I got I know things. I know
0: <laughs> I know the baseball war selena's not a sports person but she is a sports food person
1: it's the only reason to go (laughs) um so yeah and i wanted to do and that's like what's really nice about uh baseball is that they're like really classic snacks yeah you know so i picked up some cracker jacks
0: the classic snack
1: little hard to find in 2021 is that right yeah i i finally just stopped i was like Searching up and down the aisles, Mm. it wasn't on the candy aisle, Mm -hmm. it wasn't on the snack aisle, it wasn't on the chip aisle. That's crazy. I would have put it with popcorn. It was on like a random end cap.
0: Oh, that's annoying. But it's fine. It's fine. You got it. I got it. And so, for people who don't know, what is Cracker Jack?
1: It's basically caramel popcorn. There
0: you go. Yeah. Yep. It's delicious. So Selena's got it. She's going to munch a little bit because we're talking about the Braves. Because in episode twenty one, we met Suzanne's ex husband jack dent it's
1: a. it was big moment it was
0: a huge moment mm-hmm. so in the show he's a veteran beloved atlanta braves pitcher not real he's not a real brave um but since we're all about our home team of atlanta we couldn't pass up this opportunity to share a little bit about this storied team and by we i mean me i strong arm selena into the segment So,
1: uh, baseball is a spectator sport. There you go. So are extra sugars. (laughs) Right.
0: So, I think there's stuff in here that longtime Braves fans are going to know. But I think there's also some stuff in here that people will be surprised about. Even if they grew up here. Right. This is all going to be a surprise to you, Selena.
1: Well, I've got questions.
0: Okay. You have a lot. Oh, no. Okay. Well,
1: I mean, is this year accurate? My shirt says 1871. You
0: know what? Let's get into it in okay. just a second. Oh, good, good, good. But I want to start with, um, so do you have any good Braves memories? You did grow up in Atlanta. You are a true Atlantan. So mm-hmm. do you have any good Braves memories?
1: Uh, yeah. So I, okay, well, I've got a little bit of a shameful thing to say, which is I have not been to the new stadium.
0: Oh, yeah. It's far.
1: So, mm, I've been to like the park. Oh, okay. And I eight there. But yeah. But I have like, we were actually going to go a couple of weeks ago, so I was finally going to get my first shot to go, and it got rained out. So, other memories, I mean, the first time I ever went to a Braves game, I was eight years old. I went with my mom and my godmother, Sherry. Um, shout out to my mom and my godmother, Sherry. <laughs> Hey, Love Mama it. Selena. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> Love you both. Um, and uh, there's actually pictures from that day. I wonder who has those. That doesn't matter. Um, so, I mean, I don't really remember much except for being really excited because it was like the first time I'd ever gone. Mm-hmm. So um, I am old enough that it was in... Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta Fulton County mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I remember going there for the first time and then I, I don't know it's just it's just this thing you, you did you Braves tickets um, have historically been very affordable mm-hmm. and so whether you were a poor college kid or um, uh, a poor high school kid <laughs> or a poor young adult or <laughs>
0: whatever anyone low on funds but looking for entertainment
1: yes you could get some nosebleeds and you could go have a good time yep so that's very true I think, I think I, it just makes me think of spending time with friends. It makes me think of, um, hanging out. Um, it makes me think of being in the parking lot and doing a little pre-gaming and it makes me think of having some good hot dogs and other kind of fare and Cracker Jack? Shit. I don't think I've ever eaten Cracker Jacks at a baseball game. Is that right? Yeah, no, I definitely have not. Mm, okay. Um, but I know that it's all associated.
0: <laughs> it's all in, it's in the same area. Mm-hmm. I've also been to a lot of Braves games. It is definitely an Atlanta experience. I don't believe I've ever been to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Oh, um, I we moved here in '96, and why. <laughs> that's the same year they moved to Ted Turner uh, to Turner Stadium. Sorry, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I've never been there, um, but since 1996, I've been probably to more games that I could count. Couple fun facts: One, I have a home run ball.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. who was the hitter?
0: Jeff Francoeur. Oh, okay. He is, um, he's a Gwinnett guy. That's true. Mm-hmm. He went to Parkview High School right down the road. He was a standout for the Braves in his first season. He's our age, right? Roundabout, mm-hmm. yeah. Young. So his first season with the Braves was in 2004, mm-hmm. um, and he was a standout. He was amazing. He never really quite hit those highs again, um, mm-hmm. so he left the team in 2009. We saw him play probably in 2008, and he hit a home run ball. And it's coming, and we had these amazing seats in the outfield, and it's coming toward us. So Kyle goes up. The woman next to us goes up. I go down because if a ball is coming at me, I'm going down. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get hit. Mm -hmm. So I'm going down to protect my head. And sure enough, the ball landed between Kyle and that woman at their feet right where I could grab it. Oh! So I grabbed the home run ball. So I have a Jeff Francois home run ball, which is very exciting.
1: Now, did Kyle or the other woman try and fight you for it?
0: I think the other woman. No, Kyle, I gave it to Kyle. I mean, I don't really have a need for a home run ball. Um, but and he says he he recollects this story differently than I do. But oh. we were on camera. I think I have a picture of a screenshot somewhere. And let's just say, I think if you watch the playback, you would see what happened. I think the lady beside us was a little miffed. She left a little bit
1: later. Oh.
0: Anyhow, I have a home run ball.
1: Oh, my. <laughs> so the plot thickens. I just want to share real quickly that actually one of the reasons I have a really hard time enjoying myself at any sporting event, besides the fact that I just I'm easily bored. Mm. Um, it, just so you guys know, like my poor Casey, because what it normally is, is when everybody stands up and cheers, I'm sitting there reading a book. Oh, <laughs> and it's like everyone else is standing. There's this one long figure. It's just like sitting there, like completely preoccupied with something else. Um, But my worst fear is to wind up like on the kiss cam.
0: Oh, that does sound terrible.
1: This is like, okay, first of all, why do I think I'm so good that they're going to like, but it's not that. That's what I want to be clear about. I want to be, and Nikki, I think she will attest to this, that I don't have the best luck.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: if the kiss cam was going to land on somebody who really didn't want to, it would be It would totally be you. Yes. And And it would be you sitting next to a stranger. uh Uh-huh. And the way that you wanted to uh, dive underneath the seats to avoid the ball would be what I would do if the kiss cam came my way.
0: I understand that.
1: That's why I'm on a podcast.
0: (laughs) There's no camera involved. No, I don't want anyone to see me. You're safe here. Yeah, the kiss cam sounds terrible. And it's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, So my other standout memory, not so great. You probably remember this one. In Mm -hmm. 2019, the Braves were in the playoffs. And I think it was game four of the series. It was their first game back in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. She doesn't remember this at all. (laughs) Um, I took off work early that day um, Mm -hmm. because we had tickets at the new stadium. And we were going to go watch the Braves. This was their chance to turn the series around. And um, they scored a major league baseball record that day. But it was because they were the first team to allow 10 runs in the first inning of an MLB playoff game it was a freaking heartbreak it was awful there was so much excitement going into the stadium I'd never been to a playoff game before so I was like shaking with excitement and Kyle and my stepdad and I went we got to our seats we got all our snacks together and the first home run got hit and then the first you know I don't know in the first hit to get the guy on second base And then the next hit, the guy moved to third, the other guy to the first, and it just kept going over and over and over. Mm. It was awful. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. It is um, a dark spot in my Braves memory. Uh, Incidentally, I also helped get a guy kicked out of the stands during that game. Oh. But that's a story for another day. Oh. We won't go there. uh, Well, sorry, y'all. And then my last Braves memory is only tangentially a memory. I had a Chipper Jones poster. Chipper Jones is a legendary Atlanta Brave. I had a poster of him on my wall on the back of my door, probably from the time I was in sixth grade until we moved out of that house while I was was in college. I wish I still had it. I think I threw it away. So we're going to start with the Boston years.
1: Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. right.
0: That's right. Before they moved to the southeast, before the southeast became Braves country, Boston was Braves country, sort of. The franchise was founded in 1871, like your shirt says, as the Boston Red Stockings. Not to be confused with the Boston Red Sox, mm-hmm. which was an American League team founded a few years later in 1901. The Braves were one of nine charter members of the National Association of Professional Baseball Players, later known as the National League. So that's the league the Braves play in. Um, they were in Boston 82 years. They had a bunch of nicknames. They were called the Red Stockings, the Red Caps, the Rustlers, and the Bees.
1: Like cow rustlers? Probably. Oh, okay.
0: They finally settled on the name the Braves. Um, So when they were in Boston, they won four National Association pennants, um, 10 National League pennants, and they won the World Series in 1914. Um, And that came after a season in which the Braves were in last place as late as July 15th. So July 15th is really late in the season. Yeah. Um, So by like past the midpoint, they were in last place, turned it around. That led to their nickname, the Miracle Braves would not be the last time that the Braves surprised professional baseball. So then there were two big moves. After um, they lost a ton of their fans to the Red Sox. So remember, they were founded in 1871, Red Sox in, in 01. They lost a ton of fans to the, Red-, fans to the Red Sox.
1: huh? Is that why? Wait. Oh, yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't actually okay. know. That might be. Um, he is,
1: you know, I mean, you want to talk about a legend. So I wonder if he just had that kind of sway.
0: We may talk about a legend in just a minute.
1: Oh, somebody would shut up. Sorry. Um, It it is part
0: of the reason they lost so many fans is because they had a pretty bad record. Um, They had a losing record in all but 12 of the 38 seasons since their World Series win. Hmm.
1: Hmm, That
0: sounds familiar. Uh, The franchise moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1953. Did you know they were in Wisconsin for a while?
1: I think that might be what I knew. Oh, okay. And not, and maybe not the Boston thing. Right. Mm I
0: think, I think a lot of people knew um, they were the Milwaukee Braves Mm -hmm. for a while. They played at Milwaukee County Stadium and improved. They won two pennants, one in 1957 and one in 1958, and a World Series in 1957. Um, That was thanks in large part to the hitting of Hank Aaron. And... Kyle wanted me to throw out here that my parent, my in-laws, his parents were at the game where he hit the home run record.
1: Okay, that's cool.
0: Yeah, he wanted me to say that. 1974, wow. they were at the game. Um, but also, they had Eddie Matthews, who is another legendary Braves player, and Warren Spawn. Um, So the Braves finished with a winning record in each of their 13 seasons in Milwaukee, but they still experienced a huge decline in attendance at the ballpark in the 1960s. So they moved to Atlanta after the 1965 season. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call this next bit of history the TBS years. For anyone who's not from Atlanta, not from the southeast, TBS is a a television channel. So in 1976, the team was purchased by media entrepreneur Ted Turner. Um, Ted founded CNN, which was the first 24-hour news channel, um, and he founded it here in Atlanta. He also founded WTBS, which became the nation's first superstation. It's kind of hard to explain a superstation, but it was this concept of taking a local channel and spreading it nationally via satellite. Mm -hmm. That sounds like... Not that interesting. That sounds like something that happens a lot now with cable TV. It actually didn't happen a lot in the 1970s. So only TBS and HBO were distributed this way.
1: It's hard to think of them on the same.
0: Yeah, they're they're the totally they're totally different. Mm-hmm. Like he, he on TBS, he used to play the programming was um, a lot of like the Andy Griffith show, old TV shows. The I used to come home from school and watch reruns of the Brady Bunch, like syndicated comedies, really. Saved by the
1: Bell. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, So the reason, though, that the founding of TBS is important to the Braves, because this is sort of like, okay, now she's rambling. It's important to the Braves because Ted started airing Braves games on the channel um, to a national audience, which was kind of the first time in Major League Baseball that had ever happened. And he got a lot of criticism for it. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. People said that... um, having this very regional team broadcast nationally on this one channel was um unnecessary it was overly biased by like sports people sports people just people in general All right. thought like <laughs> I this don't know why silly. that sounds
1: uh, if that comes across rude to say sports people <laughs> i guess i'm thinking like casters or like analysts
0: i think people probably in the sports world but mm. i think other people were sort of looking at it like it's his channel. I'm in whatever state. Why am I watching the Atlanta Braves? Mm. But the reason they were watching the Atlanta Braves is because he owned the team and he needed more people watching them. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, they became one of the more popular teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, they suffered through a. They have a nickname. Who does? The Braves. Which nickname? Because of
1: this. Oh, but I'm afraid now. Everything you say, I'm afraid I'm going to take something from. Go for it, America's <laughs> team. Yes,
0: yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: See, I know stuff.
0: I know. I, I figured you would.
1: Couldn't even tell you a Braves player's name, but I know Today. about the Ted Turner history.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a huge part of mm-hmm. the team's history. It's really um, kind of legendary. Mm-hmm. It's really important to know. They had a lot of dreadful seasons after this. Mm-hmm. They moved to Atlanta. They only made the playoffs twice in their first 25 seasons in Atlanta, 1969 and 1982.
1: They They're just home in their skills. Sure,
0: maybe. Because the team was revitalized in the 90s. Um, So I want to stop here and tie it back to episode 21 and say that this means the Braves would not have been doing well in 1987 when Designing Women focused on Jack Dent. And Mm. name check the team. I see. Because they had
1: a winning season. Right,
0: right. I looked it up. The starting pitcher in 1987 was a man named David Palmer. He actually didn't make it long in the organization, um, but he did end up coaching baseball at Parkview over here in Lilburn, Mm. which is where Jeff Francoeur graduated from.
1: Oh, look at that. It all comes from circles. Yeah. Small
0: towns. Um, So during the 90s and early 2000s, the Braves had one of the most remarkable runs in U.S. sports history. They won an unprecedented 14 consecutive division titles from 1991 to 2005, with the exception of the uh, 1994 season. Uh, But there was a labor dispute, and the season wasn't even finished. So that's the only reason that's an exception. They played in the World Series five times in the 1990s. um, And they won the organization's third World Series championship in 1995. Um, So pause for the cause again. I know I have a lot of these little things. 1991. We talked earlier about that, like early 1900s turnaround Mm. 1991 was another example of that Um, so they had done terribly through the 80s this was the turning point Um, by 1991 the Braves had not ended a season since 1983 with more wins than losses Mm.
1: that's really sad right that's a long time yeah um in
0: 1990 they led the National League in errors and finished in last place However, the next year, in 1991, they became the first National League team to go from last place one season to first place the next. And that division title was the first of those 14 consecutive titles I just mentioned, which ended in 2005. So um, when you talk about the Braves, you talk about TBS, Mm -hmm. you talk about worst to first, Mm -hmm. and you'll hear some of those other names will pop up from time to time.
1: Well, if you're not first, you're last.
0: There you go. I've heard that a time or two. Um, so the team has had its ups and downs since 2005, including that really heartbreaking 2019 bid. So I won't yeah. go any further than that. Those were sort of the high points in the team's history. I do have to talk about a little controversy, though.
1: Oh, st- okay, please.
0: This so one of the points of our podcast is to talk about, you know, put light on some of those things that happen in the South that we're not particularly proud of, but we also can't just ignore it. So we should talk about it. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the name, the Braves. Mm. It was first used in 1912, and it originates from a term for Native American warrior. Mm -hmm. So the organization has found itself in hot water with Native populations since about the 1960s for their mascot choices. So um, Chief Nakahoma was the mascot from 1966 to 1985. Um, the concept of that sort of tradition, according to Wikipedia, started with a 16-year-old high school student who set up a teepee in the center field bleachers. He danced and ignited smoke bombs when the Braves scored.
1: Was the he
0: a… 60s, man. What a weird time.
1: Was, was he an American Indian? No. Oh, okay. Not as far as I can tell. Okay. But the name well, wasn't… I guess, yeah, that wouldn't even make any sense. For all, a whole, for a whole a lot yeah, of reasons. Like, yeah, including the fact that TPs are associated, but it depends on what tribe. It doesn't matter. Right. Okay, go on.
0: The name wasn't officially assigned to that concept. And um, they weren't given that mascot, though, until they moved to Atlanta. So this happened when they were still in Milwaukee. So they moved to Atlanta. Um, they actually, Chief Nakahoma was actually named by a contest, a fan contest. They said, give us your best name for a mascot. This The mascot was like a real life person. Unfortunately, for the first few years, that person was also white. Um, mm-hmm. But in 1968, a Native American man approached the Braves about having the mascot portrayed by a real Native American. Oh, uh-huh. The dude got the job. There you go. And he kept it until the mascot was retired in the 80s. So, mm-hmm. boo, cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. but yay, baby steps, right?
1: Mm, it's all about baby steps with the, the 80s. It really is. <laughs> in the 70s, in the 60s, and today.
0: A couple of additional facts about the mascot. The mascot was retired in 1986, so Chief Nakahoma went away in 1986, although he's been... Do they say Why? So yeah, they do. Okay. They do. And it, it was not because of, you know, any of the cultural issues, controversy, anything. It was actually over a dispute between the team and the man about, like, he maybe missed some games. They didn't pay him. They had a dispute. And they mutually agreed to end the relationship.
1: When you said the man, I thought you meant, like, you know, the man. <laughs> yeah,
0: Not what if I If mean. you don't know what that means, look it up. Um, Chief Nakahoma, the other point I wanted to make is that Chief Nakahoma was joined by Princess Winnalata in 1983. But the woman who portrayed her had a really bad car accident oh. and was out for the rest of the season. And they ended up just not bringing the mascot back. So that's the mascot. Um, I do want to say controversy over the mascot started about 1972. Uh-huh. Um, and it was alongside controversy controversy about the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, the Cleveland Indians have recently renamed themselves to the Cleveland Guardians. Because they also have had quite a bit of controversy. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, the man who played Chief Nakahoma went on the radio and said, I think Indians can be proud that their names are used with pro sports teams. And the mascot survived the controversy. Um, But after, so after the mascot was retired, seems like that issue was sort of checked off. Like we don't have to talk about Chief Nakahoma anymore. But then we had the tomahawk chop. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this started when the team's organist um, played the tomahawk song in 1991. Um, And it goes, oh, it took her a few runs at it. And she just kind of kept playing it. And suddenly it caught on toward the end of the season when the team started winning. Um, It was accompanied by the chop, which is where you like take your forearm up and down with an open palm resembling a chop. It's with a even tomahawk. on t-shirts. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: incidentally the F the Florida Seminoles also do the chop. So the Braves are not the only ones that do the chop.
1: Right. I or that or the noise.
0: Right, no, and they do the same one. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: cuz I remember being confused before. I was like, yeah. "What's happening?" Yeah, I yeah. think
0: there's one other team maybe that does it. But this gets kind of this is kind of interesting. Okay. Um, so the foam tomahawk is something again if you went to a Braves game in the 90s early 2000s you probably have You've a foam tomahawk. Yeah. Um, they were developed alongside this chop motion with hands. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. This dude just went to the Braves concession manager and said, like, hey, you know what would be really cool? Foam tomahawks. And the concession manager was like, yeah, that would be cool. So the dude went home, started making them, and then came back, showed them. They were like, these are great. We're going to start selling them. He quit his day job and started doing that full time. He made 8000 a day at one point. Yeah, that's wild, right?
1: It is. Um I'm so glad that was the way the story went because oh. I thought you're gonna be like, and they stole his idea and
0: Oh, that would have been sad. No. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, the i some of these stories are kinda like they seem up and up. I don't know. Anywho, it's been a thing on and off over the years. Most recently it was a big deal again in that twenty nineteen NLDS playoff series that mm-hmm. I mentioned at the top of the show. Um the relief pitcher for the Cardinals, who we were playing, was is Native American. He's a member of the Cherokee Nation. He said he thought it was really offensive. The chop, the song, all of it. Um, so as a result, the Braves did not hand out tomahawks at the game. They did not play chop music, and they did not show the chop graphic on the screen when the Braves scored.
1: And this is in what year?
0: This was 2019. OK. Um, so when the series came to Atlanta, they said, we're not going to do any of these things. Um, so I genuinely think in all my years going to a Braves game, that's the first time I've ever heard not heard the stadium playing the Tomahawk Chop.
1: What was the reaction in the city? Do you remember? The,
0: the people still did it. Okay. Still, I mean, that that game wasn't much to write home about. Although I do think we would have had an opportunity or two to do it. People just do it. Okay. Um, but I I think in general, people were sort of like, come on, it's our tradition. It's what we do. Mm -hmm. So they just do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, the Braves ended up releasing a statement saying they're going to continue to work with native tribes to evaluate their brand. Um, so indeed in the off season, they ended up meeting with the national Congress of American Indians. This part of the story kind of makes me really proud. So it's one thing to say you're going to do something and it's another thing to really do it. And there's one there's performative and then there's like actual getting your hands dirty sort of, um, addressing an issue, and I, it sounds like maybe they're headed in the direction of trying to address the issue. Um, so I don't know what those conversations they had between the the Congress and the Braves, what it included, because they really dodged questions about it between that like end of the 2019 season into the 2020 season. We had the COVID issue. They started playing to empty stadiums. What we do know is that when they opened the 2020 season for, play, for people to come and watch the games, uh, they were doing the chop and the chant. Um, In July 2020, the principal chief of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians released a statement about the tribe's conversations with the Braves organization. I'm going to read this word for word because I don't want to get it wrong. The statement said that the EBCI, the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, believed that, quote, candid, thoughtful conversations are crucial to educating leaders and bringing about positive change. The statement also applauded, quote, the Braves' willingness to engage in this effort and look forward to continuing to build the relationship the ECBI shares with them to present a model for how other professional sports teams can work with Native nations in a respectful and constructive manner. So the chief um, stated that he's not offended by the name or the tomahawk chop or the cheer, he re- but he respects everybody else's differing opinions. Mm-hmm. He said, I always took it as from the time I was a child or a teen that it was an acknowledgment of the warrior spirit of Native Americans and their strength and so forth. To me, the only thing that's derogatory is Redskins. And mm-hmm. FYI, that's the Washington Redskins, a professional mm-hmm. football team who is currently known as the Washington football team while they try to find a new name and branding. Mm-hmm. So, I know that was a lot, but again, we talk a lot it. about how we don't want I feel like to. I'm covered
1: in chills right now. It
0: was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. I, I will say, again, there's not much out like in the world about what those conversations included. All I can assume, I'm I'm drawing lines from this man's statement to the fact that they did the tomahawk chop and cheer. I can only draw the line that there must have been an understanding that it wasn't offensive for whatever reason. So I'm assuming it was a positive interaction. His comments sounded very supportive, but I don't know for sure. Um, But it sounds like maybe those conversations happened and the agreement was made. So I don't know.
1: I think that having the conversation is so important. Yeah. I think we spend a lot of time, Nikki and I have had a lot of conversations offline about um you know just being so scared to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing yeah. or whatever the case is and i think if people will come to the table with an open mind and a willing heart we got to get somewhere yeah no matter what the issue is
0: and i think the other important thing is involving the voices of the affected group mm-hmm. so in this situation Um, the controversy is like you're you're being stereotypical you're being offensive to native populations and so it's encouraging to me the reason I say I'm kind of proud of this part of the story is because they brought those voices to the table they acknowledged their experience they acknowledged you know their life story and then opened themselves up to the conversation about it Mm -hmm. so wanted to share that second to last thing I wanted to say We were brainstorming this segment. Selena had suggested something on women's professional baseball, a la like a league of their own, which I loved, but I hated to miss the opportunity to talk about the Braves. She indulged me. So I promised you, pointing fingers at Selena, a women's baseball tie in. Promised you I'd do it. So here you go. Okay. Um, So, first of all, if you've never watched a league of their own, do it. Stop. Just run, go watch it. Run, don't watch. Such walk. a good movie. Oh
1: my gosh, the best.
0: It, it chronicles the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, which began play in 1943 and lasted 12 years. It was started by um, the Chicago Cubs owner, who wanted to keep the ballparks busy during World War II in case they didn't have enough men to keep men's baseball running. Um, so anyway, I found a camp that was held at the Atlanta Braves Spring Training Facility that's called the All-American Girls Baseball Camp, which was founded... By a former Rockford Peach, Sue Zape. What? The Rockford Peaches are one of the main teams that's um, chronicled in that movie, A League of Their Own. She is still alive, and she is still trying to bring baseball to girls. Um, The camp is part of several major league initiatives to encourage baseball play among girls. And Sue is trying to restart women's professional baseball. So I'll drop a link about the camp in the show notes. Um, The article that I'll drop in is from 2019. Um, It looks like the camps were put on hold largely in 2020, and she could have just stopped working. Like She could have just said, I'm not going to get this off the ground, but no, she continued on. She sent emails. She made phone calls. She tried to establish connections, um, continuing on in that mission to establish a girls baseball league. Um, So I'm also going to drop in the Instagram handle. You can follow along if you want to support. It is at American Girls Baseball. And again, she is a former Rockford Peach. She is like 86 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Cute as a peach. She's adorable. <laughs> and um, she, she says, I read a few different articles about her where she says like, we have a lot of girls in this country that want to play baseball. They don't want to play softball. That's a totally different sport. Mm-hmm. They want baseball. But we've got this sport that is so exclusively male. And we need to open it back up. We proved with the Girls Baseball League that this is something that has interest. So let's redo it. Let's start it again. Um, so she, there are a few different little camps here and there. There are different leagues around the country. So Where is she? She's in Florida, uh-huh. I think. Um
1: so It's a good age to be in Florida. <laughs> Stay where it's warm. I mean, well, it's pretty warm right here in Georgia it's right now. plenty hot here. That's cute, too, because Rockford Peaches, Peaches, Georgia. I oh, there know. you go. That's a cute little tie-in. S- something there. Yeah. Um. So with I
0: wanted to give you that. with that, I'm going to do some rapid-fire facts, okay? Okay. Um, the Braves is the only existing major league franchise to have played every season since professional baseball came into existence.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. The Braves and the Chicago Cubs are the National League's two remaining charter franchises. In the 1930s, baseball legend Babe Ruth played for the Boston Braves.
1: Mm-hmm, okay. It was a
0: very unmemorable. This is why you shot two. me
1: the shut up, go answer. Yeah, but
0: you probably had more to add. I don't really have that much to add, except he did play for the Braves for a minute. It was not great, um, and he didn't last very long. Um, they've won three World Series titles: 1914, 1957, and 1995, and 17 National League pennants. The Braves are the only MLB franchise to have won the World Series in three different home cities. Um, The team has also played its home games in three stadiums in Atlanta. We've talked about this a couple of times. Atlanta-Fulton County from 1966 to 1996, Turner Field 1997 to 2016, and then since 2017, their home stadium has been Truist Park, formerly SunTrust Park, which is like 10 miles outside of Atlanta, which is like a huge ordeal for some people.
1: Tis, Yes.
0: Uh, And I'm going to end on a Shipper Jones note because he's my favorite and I'm doing it so I can. Um, He was the Braves' number one draft pick in 1990 and played with them continuously until he retired in 2012. The Braves retired his number 10 jersey, also my volleyball number, and inducted him into the team's Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2018. So that's it. That's the Braves. America's team. The Bravos whoop whoop (laughs) so if i missed anything let me know um but that is this week's extra sugar